Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Suntanam from Mint's personal finance team. In this episode, we'll discuss about a very interesting topic on how to build wealth. Who doesn't want to be wealthy? It gives the financial freedom that most of us aspire for. But what is wealth? Is it only for rich? What to do and what not to do while building wealth and how to find a wealth manager? These are the questions we'll learn in this podcast. To answer these, we have with us Mr. Rajesh Saluja, CEO and Managing Director at Ask Wealth Advisors. He has over 26 years experience across consumer banking and wealth management. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the podcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money? A personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hello Rajesh, uh, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi Satya, thanks for having me on this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so Rajesh, let's start with the basics. Uh, can you tell us what is the definition of wealth? Uh, so its definition keeps changing with context. Uh, but in financial terms, what is wealth? Okay, I'll keep it simple. I mean, without getting uh, into technical terms, I think wealth is um, your net worth after calculating or minusing all the liabilities you have, right? So all the assets, be it your business or be it financial assets, all put together minus all your loans is really your wealth. Some of it is financial or liquid wealth and some is illiquid kind of wealth. For example, the house where you stay in, or, uh, you know, some part of your business uh, infrastructure, which you can't liquidate easily, is illiquid, while the other is more liquid wealth. Okay, so can we also say that it is uh, a net worth of a person? I would say that. Okay, okay. Uh, Yeah, Rajesh, when we hear about wealth, it sounds as if it's only for the wealthy people, the rich people. But wealth is for everybody. Uh, Why do you think there's this... uh, notion that you know wealth is only for rich no it's just the definition of wealth wealth is you know probably in simple terms described as an amount of money that you have post all your you know basic goals being met that you can utilize for financial freedom and you know for doing what you want and typically uh, when you are starting off or when you are at the lower end of the economic strata you are more uh, working towards meeting some of your very basic needs, right, Mm -hmm. of having a home or like I said, uh, paying your insurance bills or, you know, having some sort of lifestyle or children's education, children's marriage. But as you, as your income increases, as uh, you start doing much better in life, either in your business or in a working uh, career, then automatically your savings or I would say your income more than takes care of your basic needs and over and above that you are also able to save some money and that savings if invested well uh, invested well also creates wealth for you which can be utilized to meet all your goals so until your income reaches a stage where it is where it is much higher than your uh, basic needs you are still only focused on you know your basic goals being met and not really wealth creation true wealth creation only happens once you reach a particular stage of income. So it, it the definition therefore will be different for everyone. Someone who's uh, already at a particular size and scale in terms of business income or personal income, 
his wealth will be uh, will uh, grow much faster than someone who's really in the early stages of life and just trying to make some of their basic uh, meet some of their basic uh, life goals uh, for them the wealth creation will take much longer absolutely uh, now can you tell us you know few of the important steps like key steps in building wealth i know it, it all boils down to you know inculcating good financial habits so you decide what amount you want to save really out of your earning income now and you have many options on how to spend it so i think it's really a function of uh, the discipline i would say of saving some amount of that income on a regular basis and putting it in the right kind of investment vehicles that can offer compounding over a long period of time so wealth creation does not happen by keeping money in traditional investments that post inflation and post tax actually deplete wealth right so if you take a standard vanilla you know fixed deposits or money lying in you know some policies etc which are giving you 6 7% kind of return but post tax you are barely getting 3 4% return and in india the inflation rate we've seen at an average over a period of 5 6 years is between 5 to 6% so unless your money is not able to grow beyond post tax and post inflation there's no wealth creation it's just capital preservation right so wealth creation happens with two in two ways one is the discipline of savings right where you save some money out of your income and park it for long term and second is the kind of investment vehicle you choose especially in india we believe equities or what we call growth assets is one area where if you invest wisely and you keep it over a long 8 10 year 15 year period of time you can create good amount of wealth post tax post inflation Okay. Uh, since you're talking about the combination of assets, how important is asset allocation when somebody is building their uh, wealth? Absolutely critical. I mean, that is the the biggest job of a wealth manager is the whole process of asset allocation. To meet the stated return, how do you allocate money between different asset classes, and even not just asset class. So even if you're doing looking at equity within equity, how do you allocate between mutual funds and PMS? How do you allocate between large cap and mid cap and small cap, you know, stocks or funds? Same thing in fixed income. How do you allocate between tax-free bonds to debt mutual funds to various types of investment options? So the role is how do you reduce risk, still meet the stated return objective? Uh, and the second role is how do you create a portfolio that matches the risk appetite of the client or can help meet the client goals so both these roles is what we play and of course the last one is about selection of the right product so when if you are doing equities now which is who's the best equity manager within mutual funds who's the best mutual fund to have in large cap and who's the best portfolio manager so very very important to have uh, asset allocation it's proven that asset allocation delivers uh you know returns and not market timing so more than market timing which no one knows and no one understands in the short term it's always asset allocation which is the most disciplined way to build a good long term portfolio um how important is for an individual who is actually engrossed with their work and uh, you know either the business or the employment how important is for them to actually get in touch with their financial planners or the wealth managers so there's no free lunch right so if you want to create wealth you have to give it some time uh, you know so first part you know is clearly that you can't assume that wealth will get created by you just 
parking money somewhere and letting the person do what he wants you have to invest that time and that time is more around the 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 financial planning part where you really identify what is the kind of savings you're going to be able to generate or currently what are the savings you have and what are the various goals that you want to achieve over a period of time and you along with the financial planner create a full fledged first a very strong financial plan only once that is, and that financial plan let's say like i said depending on what life cycle you are in it could be around basic goals of children's education buying a house retirement etc to when you are really wealthy it's about you know return objectives where you want to meet certain return objectives and improve your returns on your wealth uh, or your savings as compared to what you currently have now both need to be defined there needs to be an action plan created with a advisor and you have to find time to do that and once that plan is in place and implemented and executed then you need not remain too close to the market right because you know by remaining too close to the market or your investments uh, emotions come into play uh, so the more long term in thinking you are you know the more uh focused like in any other work also if your planning is good you know the execution will be done by selecting the right wealth manager but with whoever you select as the right wealth manager get your planning in place once the planning is in place the wealth manager will execute it and then you review how that portfolio is doing you know based on how much time you can take out whether once a month or whether once a quarter or whether once every 6 months because frankly unless you are keeping on adding and removing money from the portfolio you need not you know churn the portfolio too much there's not too much of action required and whenever there are deep corrections or deep opportunities that come in wealth manager automatically will on a proactive basis call you and say we need to do abc and you can then take a call on whether you need to increase or decrease your allocation across each asset class So I think broad point I'm making is spend more time on the initial part of planning and product selection and portfolio creation, and after that you have a process of monthly or quarterly review, and that should be good enough to help you meet your goals. So wealth management is for anyone who has savings outside his you know lifestyle requirements that he wants to invest for a long term, but the institution that he has to select has to be one that is catering to that segment and is happy to manage a. the portion of money that he has and there are many so in the private banks you have uh, you know right from state bank of india that is offering wealth management to icici to hdfc bank then there are wealth firms that only cater to hni ultra hni then there are independent financial advisors if you google you will find enough names who are boutique individuals in localities who are certified and uh, one of the big changes that has come uh, through the regulator is this whole concept of investment advisory right and there are many people who have uh, taken this license of advisory and uh, you can google them up and you can approach a certified financial planner or a certified investment advisor who can then uh, guide you uh, you know basis uh, the amount of wealth you have to manage there is a slight misconception or uh... Uh, a doubt about reaching out to the wealth managers in the banks because there's a fear of products being missold to them so uh, how can one overcome uh, you know these things and how to you know decide to what wealth manager one should go yeah that's uh, definitely a challenge in the industry that uh, products get uh, sold and not too many rms are very very focused on the client's need and requirement 
I guess, you know, I, I would say there are definitely certified financial planners who are not part of the banking system, who are independent, who take this role more seriously because that's their bread and butter. There's nothing else that they do. They're not employees of a bank uh, who are some being driven by incentives and, uh, you know, have to, uh, will be changing jobs or get promotions because of what they do. So I think if that concern is there and one is not very, very uh, financially literate, you can take the help of a certified financial advisor or a certified investment advisor who has the qualifications, who has uh, a license and uh, can also offer you fee-based advisory. So now, like I was mentioning to you, this new regulation where you can do fee-based advisory takes away the conflict that may be there by someone who's trying to push a product to earn commission. Because under the fee-based advisory, all the investments are made in direct plans and that advisor cannot earn a single rupee as commission. He only takes, uh, you know, fees from the client. So that's one way, you know, by selecting a fee-based advisory model uh, through any institution or independent advisor, you can remove the conflict. Second is, uh, you know, about within uh, all the setups that are available, it's really your experience, you know, your the RM you are selecting, what's his background, how long he's been there, getting some references of who are the clients he's been serving and, uh, you know, checking whether, you know, he pushes products or he's really working towards uh, your goals and, and, you learn that, you know, when you interact with him based on his questioning skills, need evaluation skills, you'll understand whether he is more client oriented or does he call you every time there is only a product. And once you understand that difference, you can always choose not to sort of deal with that person. Understand. So go, with, go with more reputed firms who've been in this business. See, firms that um, for whom wealth advisory and management is like a core business. It is not another cross-sell business. Tend to take this, uh, you know, uh, business more seriously and you'll find uh, less conflict there. But for wealth ma wealth managers, which are a part of a large setup, where wealth management is just a small piece of what the organization does, you know, then that conflict may arise. So you have to be a little careful. Uh, so what are the mistakes one should avoid while building wealth? So things that I mentioned, right? Don't get into speculation. Don't try and invest in things you don't understand. You know, doing equity trading, broking, playing these derivative games, investing in all fancy new themes and ideas because your friend or some colleague has told you, you know, getting into Bitcoins and speculating with your money. Unless you have enough and more where you say, okay, out of my 100 rupees, you know, I'm willing to gamble on five and then I want to do all these things. That is a separate situation. But broadly, you know, uh, our uh, objective, uh, many people create wealth through their business or profession, but they don't know how to manage that wealth and uh, they can lose it if they uh, go, go about it in the wrong way. So not to invest in things you don't understand no matter what, how, how much of conviction a wealth manager tells you. First, tell him to explain to you how it works. Only if you understand it, if it makes sense, you invest. Number two, not to try and do something which is a professional's job on your own. Everyone feels, you know, in a rising market that I can make money in equity. See, I bought HDFC Bank and I can double all, you know, what are you guys doing as professional managers? Some of these names, even I can buy off the stock exchange. I can buy an ICICI bank, Asian paint, what's a big deal? But the world is changing. 
business models are changing our role as a professional is to keep track on it of it on a daily basis which as an individual you'll never be able to keep a track so hire a professional do your homework and due diligence before you sign someone on okay avoid new themes and new funds and new ideas that don't have a track record that is one point if you can have the discipline don't invest in anything where there's at least not a five year track record don't invest in any new theme that has not been tested before don't invest with any new fund manager who doesn't have that five year track record why five years because in a market like india you always see a bull and bear cycle over five years in any in most emerging markets and if a good fund manager has not been able uh, has not seen that cycle we should avoid it avoid thematic funds nfos you know ipos during euphoric markets you'll have ipos dime and dozen right uh, and of all kind and people believe that you know i'll buy in the ipo and sell it once it gets listed all these short term decisions that you take in investments are always bad for you wealth creation happens with compounding compounding is the eighth wonder of the world a 1 rupee compounded at 14% turns out to be 32 billion dollars or some crazy amount like that over 200 years that is the power of compounding and compounding happens with time uh, in an investment therefore you require patience you require the temperament you require long term thinking and you require right asset allocation don't put all your eggs in one basket only real estate like many north people used to put or in south only gold or in some other place only land you know so people have this habit of whatever they are more comfortable with they allocate everything uh, to it and uh, we all know that you know um, all asset classes don't perform the same way all the time and when things go wrong then suddenly you are left with no liquidity uh, either to exit or to take advantage of something that has become better so diversify do asset allocation remain disciplined have a plan financial plan don't speculate don't invest in things you don't understand think long term enjoy power of compounding these are seven eight things that uh, will make you reach your goals compounding is the eighth wonder of the world and uh, i think that's the good way to uh, you know wrap up the session uh, thank you rajesh thank you so much for your time uh, it's been a wonderful talking to you today my pleasure thanks for having me like i said on the show happy to share my learning and experience with everyone thanks that's all for now in this episode listeners if you have any queries or suggestions you can reach out to me on twitter my handle is at satya sontanam s a t y a s o n t a n a m or you can also write to us at mintmoney@livemint.com bye bye This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.